Welcome back to the New York Sports Exchange, episode number 98. And the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champions. And the Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions. Talk about uh, an absolute pathetic game five. Thank you, Tim. uh, Told you. Told you. Tim texted me about like maybe like two hours before puck drop. Bet Vegas minus one and a half. It's happening tonight. Yes, Stan was like, "How you feel about the first period over?" Like, no first period under. under. Yeah, that didn't hit. And and I'm just like, listen, I don't know about any of that, but what I do know is they don't lose at home, and they're gonna beat the shit out of them. Minus one and a half is a lock. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, So thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim, for that. No problem. I will always ride with you for now on. From now on, that I, was... I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, but last night I last night I met plus one and a half. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Uh, so we'll recap uh, the NBA uh, game five of the NBA Finals. Uh, game five Stanley Cup. Game five Stanley Cup. So Other NBA news, including Bradley Beal. He's gonna be a Nick. That's my call. I don't call. think so. That's my call. I don't think so. I I I really don't think so. All right, we'll get into it later. I, I don't think so. Um, and a uh, week from today. A week from today, uh, the NBA draft. Yeah. So we will give like a little preview of that. Our big preview will wait till uh, probably like two nights before the draft. Probably, or yeah. Like we'll that. do it next episode. Just so, just because you know, you never know. Like there could be some, I don't know, major injury or scandal that comes Something out. Something like yeah. yeah. So we'll do that on uh, Tuesday for Tuesday's episode. Um, Subway series ended. Subway series split. Um, just that was honestly, wow. like, honestly, like as as you know, just as a baseball fan, like those games are always entertaining. They are entertaining because I think they juice the balls for them. Oh, they they switch it every inning. If it's a if it's like a close game, they're gonna dead them. And yeah, I, I think they juice the balls. And you know, it's uh, I don't know what it is I though. It. I I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time like a new reliever comes in for like either team, they're either like shut down or like I'm gonna walk bases loaded. Like I'm gonna just be absolute garbage. Like there's no in between. Like there's no like left two runners on. Like like, it's just, like, bases end up being loaded. Like, <laughs> something bad happened. I don't know. Someone steals home. Like. Yeah. So, uh, Yankees took game one. Mets took game two. We'll recap all of that. Also, be recapping everything around uh, Major League Baseball. The U.S. Open starts today. They already kicked off. Already kicked off. Uh, they're in Los Angeles, so they'll be on all day, East Coast-wise. You can watch it all day. <laughs> you can literally watch it all day. It's awesome. Um, we'll give our picks and predictions for the U.S. Open. And finally, we'll talk some football. It's about a lot that of time. drama coming out of Bills camp, Saquon, a lot of... Quentin Williams still hasn't reached the deal. Uh, we'll figure it out. D-Hop visiting with New England today. So See, but... Okay, but why does that... That doesn't make any sense. It does, I mean... What? Like, what? Like, loaded division, really? That's where you want to go, D-Hop? They're returning... I'll just say this. I think he wants to be a number one guy, and there he could clearly be a number one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other places he could be a number one guy, too. Yeah, but I think his best bet would be the Patriots. Um, all right. So let's kick it off. Denver Nuggets, NBA champions. Jokic didn't even look happy. Jokic, I, I love this no-care no attitude from Nikola Jokic. I really think uh, that— Dude, I've never seen someone so good at a sport treated like a 9-to-5. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Like, what are you gonna do? Celebrate? No, nope, I'm gonna go home. I mean, he even said the parade. He's like, no, I need to go home. Like, he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, that's. I mean, if I'm him, I would. I would probably want to go back to Serbia too. I wouldn't want to. I'm not in my home. I'm living in Denver. Like, what the hell? Yeah, Although Denver, Denver's cool. He but. wants to go ride his horses, and you know what? I don't blame. Sure him. He lost his MVP trophy. 
Uh, yes, it's probably in like the janitor's office. Or he doesn't care. He does not give a single shit. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. He, he deserves that. Um, but it came down to the wire. It was a pretty close game. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy. What? What the fuck? That's so. I mean, just break like to break down the last play first. So uh, there was 17 seconds left. Two timeouts. Two. Uh, no, I think they had one timeout. So one, but they originally had the ball with 20. They yes. started with 20, and then they called the timeout. Um, Nuggets up three. KCP hits two big free throws, and it's a three-point game at this point. Three-point game. So I, I don't mean to brag here, but. I could say this for the both of us. We've watched enough basketball to know with that much time left, and you're down three. You have enough time to get a quick two. They're going to let you score, and then either foul, either either steal or foul. And Jimmy Butler did not do that. He said, basically, (laughs) I I think uh, the baddies were at courtside. Who takes a contested fadeaway three? Spinning, fading. I think they tried to get it to Duncan. Listen to, to Duncan Robinson, yeah. but then that like failed. So I I I get it. Like his probably mentality. Like I got to do this. You know, he, mentality. He's he's been he's been that guy for them the whole playoffs. Like he he was like, let me finish this. Let me get this done. Let me be him. Yeah, but that's. But you got to be smarter. You got yeah. and and especially exactly. the, the coaches too. Just call timeout. Yeah, like, just like you had a timeout to you, burn. The play didn't work. You, the play didn't work. Okay, whatever they were trying to set up, just, just go for the quick two. Go for the either go for the quick yeah. two or set something else up again. Yeah, you have time to set something else up they again. Had a lot of time. I don't know what they were doing there, but nonetheless, congrats, Denver. Congrats to the Denver Nuggets. I, I, th- I mean, now you want to talk about what they're going to do this off season? I mean, they have a lot of decisions to make. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, Bruce Brown get a bag from someone. They, they might get a bag. Get back. A lot of guys from the Heat are going to get a bag too. Gabe Vincent's going to get a bag. Same with Caleb Martin. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see that Denver's not gonna be the same team they were. Yeah, this is definitely gonna be uh, an interesting off season, considering the fact. Uh, as now we're talking about this off season, I just got an alert saying that uh, the Bulls have been quietly shopping Zach Levine. Well, they're. I mean, they're without Lonzo, and you think Lonzo's done? What's the point? Uh, yeah, but Lavello Ball's coming up. Oh, great, Lavello Ball. Because like that'll that'll do anything. Uh, the yeah. name of the uh, least the least like gifted brother had a kid you think uh, he's really gonna make it? <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's gonna be the name of leangelo ball's kid also do you know what we should put on this tv right now tim what the 24 7 construction uh, live stream of the uh rebuilding of i-95 i'd rather not i i've never seen so- and i think there's shout just- out to who's the governor oh uh, josh shapiro the governor of pennsylvania for doing something like this he's just proving that they're actually doing it yeah <laughs> but this i find this awesome like if you're ever getting bored of like sports, yeah. just turn on the 24/7 stream of Here's the, the thing. rebuilding of I-95. There's also a couple streams out there where you can watch like a bald eagle like nest it's like yes. it's like they're just like what like people are crazy. Yeah. Um in other NBA news, uh Bradley Beal uh has they uh, They're the actively Wizards looking have, for uh yes. The Wizards are actively looking for a uh, trading partner. Now, like you said, he has to agree to the deal. Yes. All the pieces involved. I don't know. Do you want my honest opinion? I think the one that makes the most sense, in all honesty, is the Miami Heat. And then you trade Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a first-round pick. I think, like, yeah, that makes sense. But right now, if I'm the Heat, and with all this speculation towards Dame, I would hold out. Until you know. Until you know, yeah, that could make sense. But 
There's so basically, I'd much rather have Damian Lillard than Brandon Beal, especially on that contract. Yeah, uh, Bobby Marks, uh, the front office insider for ESPN, made three potential Bradley Beal trades involving three different teams. I didn't mind the next one. I didn't mind the next one. I didn't get. I didn't. Get, I mean, I could get behind it, but like, it, it, that's basically. Actually, it's kind of a salary dump. Well, it, it's kind of like a salary dump because you're dumping. Well. I'll tell the first one. It was uh, the hypothetical trade. The three hypothetical trades were with the Sixers, the Knicks, and the Heat. And I think the one that makes the most sense, right, looking at those three, is the one with the Miami Heat. Well, yeah, it makes the most sense. But the, you got to think they still, again, the speculation with Damon Bam. Exactly, but you don't. I don't think. I don't think they really want Bradley Peel. I don't. I mean, they could really use him. You could. But here's the thing: they don't. They don't really need Bradley Beal. They need a point guard. That's what I'm saying. Like they don't need they don't need a shooting yeah. guard. They don't really need. They a need sh- a true yeah. point guard. Dame would fit so perfectly on that team. Like I, there's really like and, and it's it seems pretty evident now that he wants out. I mean it's we've been saying this for the past few years that they want to rebuild what I, and no they don't want to rebuild they want to contend with him. Well now with this freaking with the Pelicans looking to move up, like and now like I'm here like the big like rumors about like Zion about Zion wanting a change of scenery, and then like. Is but here's my thing: is is Zion now worth this number two overall pick? Of what he can, you be. but but we've been saying of what he can be for like four years. I now. know, but so it's 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 now coming to is he even worth getting the second overall pick? Like is he even you might have to give up more than him. He might, he might be, and I, like I, and you can all like shit on maybe oh fucking Duke fan whatever, but I I still I still think that like front offices believe that like he's worth. A top pick because they know what he can be. No, and I'm not. I agree with you on that part, but it's it's what he can be and what he is. And right now, what he is is an injury prone power forward that plays 15, 20 15, games a 20 year. Games a year, yeah, exactly. Like you it's, can't, and and you see with the ground, like you can't. Yeah, you can't have a guy like that and be like he's just not going to play. Yeah, that, I'm, it's it's going to be because we'll, we'll find out a lot within the next seven days. Yeah, right now Zion Williamson's like a twenty three year old Kawhi Leonard. Like, he just can't. Like, that's what he is. He, like, he just can't play. A 23-year-old Kawhi Leonard that can fucking, that like can that fucking you, do 360 dunks. 360 dunks, but just can't play. Like, he just literally won't play. just won't play because he can't. Oh, my God. I and mean, Can you imagine that? Like, your team's fucking... Uh, I, I, like, you badly need Zion, and he's, like, injured, but here he is in, like, warm-ups doing fucking... Yeah, like, 360 dunks. 360 you gotta, you gotta dunks. be kidding me. That's insane. He, well, here's the thing. Landscapers are near us. They're, they're coming. Scary. Can't hear. <laughs> I think you can. I don't know. Um, here's my thing though. What's a better fit for New Orleans, Zion or Scoot Anderson? I think it's Scoot. I think it's Scoot. I think well, Scoot and Brand- thi- well, Brandon Ingram works talk, so we're gonna well talk together. NBA draft after. I mean, let's just hop into it right now. I guess let's talk some NBA draft because I really like Scoot Henderson a lot. Oh, I so think, do I. I, I think, think he mo- he could be better than Wembenyana. I don't think he's gonna be better than Wembenyana. He could be. <laughs> he could be, but I don't think he's gonna be. I think that. Any other year, if there's no Wembenyama. Maybe not last year. I don't know. Again, it's tough. It's 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 a tough call, but we haven't even seen Chet play. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I think any other year, where Wembenyama, where there's no Wembenyama, there's no freak of nature that's like yeah, seven th- four yeah, and can play. Yeah, there's no freak of nature. I think a weakness right now for Scoot Henderson is definitely his sh- uh, like his shooting, which yeah. is definitely like something you could fix at the pro level, but. He's definitely more of a 
I don't want to say slashing, but yeah, he's not like a he's not a finished product. He shot seventeen percent from three in the G League. Do you know what he is? He's a six-two LeBron James. Like I, I don't know how. I said a prime D row is a Russell Westbrook. I think he's a six-two LeBron. LeBron's three-point percentage when he got in the NBA. I mean, his three-point shooting when he got in the league that was his biggest weakness, right? You know, yes. he couldn't he couldn't shoot the three-ball teams would force him to take, you know, deep like difficult three-pointers. He wanted to get to the rim. Scoot's the same way. He wants to get to the rim. Once he adapts, you know, and and, and he's not saying becomes like a you know a great three-point shooter, but a guy who could shoot thirty-two percent, thirty percent from three, you know. The thirty, you know, if he could get to thirty-five percent, that's great. And now you're looking at a guy you can't leave open behind the arc, you know, someone you can't, but you also can't press him out there because he's going to drive right by you. He's a freak of nature athlete. Yeah. That's six-two. Yeah, um, I really like Scoot Henderson, but I don't know if he go like it. It it all depends. Well, is is Brandon Miller the most elite scorer in this class, or is it Wembenyama? I really. I- I disavow everything Brandon Miller has done off the court. But holy crap, can that man score the ball? I loved watching Alabama basketball last year. Who the hell scores 50 points in college? Like, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I really really like Brandon Miller a lot. I I think that he's going to be one of the more, like, pure scorers in this draft because he's so tough to defend. You can't defend him. You can't, like... He's, like, he's he's what Jalen Green should be. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, he's literally what Jalen Green should be. (laughs) I think, um... Shooting wise, like here, just here's how difficult he is to freaking to freaking guard. If he's smaller than you, he can clearly shoot over you. If he if you're bigger than him, he can drive past you, no problem. Like like he, this is he is a like Kevin Durant level scoring threat. Yeah, like he scores on every. He's a three level scorer, and he's athletic. Yeah. So he will beat you, and he's quick. Like he's not like a yeah. slow three level scorer. Like he's quick to the ball. Like he will just beat you like yeah. that. Uh, my weakness for him though would definitely be strength. Just like. Right, but again, that comes. Yeah, like Mobley's weakness. Th- yeah, Mobley's th- weakness is strength, but yeah. he's twenty-one years old. Exactly, like, but you know, you have to you know finish through a lot of contact yeah. in the NBA. Well, you know, Landry Fields' problem was strength, and then he got really strong and forgot how to shoot. So yeah, so we'll <laughs> see. Uh, my player comp for him was Danny Granger. Uh, Victor Wembanyama. We can just like talk about for him for like thirty seconds because there's really like so the number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, the clear one-one. The Spurs are back. Um... My weakness for him, the same thing with Brandon Miller, it's strength. Yeah, look it, at how skinny he is. But, but like that's like a, he, s- a but super. But he could one hundred percent benefit. Like he doesn't really. Honestly, there is no weakness for him. I'm just trying to like. Might be injury. I don't know. We don't know could, yet. It could be. Who knows? We don't know. But he's a unicorn. He could definitely. He could benefit. He yeah. could benefit from. Oh, some muscle. I know. Like, there's no doubt about that. He's Kristaps with handles. Like he's prime Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. With like a point guard. Like he does everything. Yeah. Uh, my. Uh, player comp, uh, Porzingis or a. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Wow. Did not unplug. Wow. Crazy. Impressive. Um, a Kristaps Porzingis or a uh, seven foot four Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's. but it's like, how do you like. He's like a seven foot four KD. There's like no way to even like think about that. All right, next up. Wait, who's Brandon Miller's comp for you? Uh, Danny Granger. Danny Granger? Yeah, I said Danny Granger. Oh, I didn't he reminds me a lot of him. Brandon Roy. Can shoot the three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, I have Amen Thompson as, at number four on my big board. Uh, I mean, one it's, of the one, best of athletes it's the one of them. It's <laughs> one of them, yes. His strength, no doubt about it, is athleticism. He has great size for a point guard. He has a great feel for the game. He plays a very unselfish game. He's able to get his teammates involved. My weakness for him is shooting. Needs improvement on his jumper. I mean, it's overtime elite, so I don't really know. Like, that's the thing. I've I never. I don't know anything about. Like, I don't is, really know is, much about. This it. is new for all of us. Yeah, I don't know much about OTE at all. 
and like I don't know if they like keep track of stats or some shit like that. I so mean, they like, have I don't, to. I don't really have a shooting splits, but from my scout, from from like looking at his tape, he definitely needs to to improve that jumper. Did not shoot well from three. Yeah. Did not really sh- doesn't really shoot well from the free throw line either, which is very important to, in today's league. OTE reminds me of like seven v seven football and like guys NFL just getting street. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean like guys like you know like the seven leagues they have now where they don't there's no tackle or anything. Yes, yes. And there's guys that strictly just play in those and get recruited to college based off that. Yeah, like that's kind of what it's like. Started like he's going to the NBA out of like an AAU league. Yeah, basically, and I, mean, I don't know how that's tra- like playing against like high schoolers. So too. how how does that translate? I don't know how it translates. Um, while we're on the topic of Amen Thompson, let's talk about his twin brother yeah, Asar, who's fifth probably. For uh, no, he's actually sixth on my draft. Board. Okay, uh, fifth is actually the guy that's fifth on my draft board. Honestly, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. I'm not gonna say who it is yet, but all right, okay. Uh, Asar definitely has like promise as an outside shooter. Oh, my uh, comparison for Amen was uh, John Wall with size. I actually really like that. Um, like, but the thing is, like, with John Walls, you knew he could, again, I don't know what, like, amen it, like, yeah, you, we John, don't know what John he, Wall like, dominated yeah. in Kentucky, like, he dominated in college. Yeah. But I I don't know what amen is, like. The Thompson twins played against plumbers and firemen. Like, that's what I'm saying, like, I don't know, like, they're playing against, like, no hate to Scanlon, but, like, <laughs> like, who are they playing against? <laughs> Just saying. Um, anyway. Asar is almost just like his brother. He's super quick off the floor. He can jump. He can jump very well. Also, can he's a great ball handler as well. He can, he's a very creative finisher who can score. He can hang in the air with layups and dunks. But again, a weakness. He's not really. He shows promise as an outside shooter, but he's not the best outside shooter. And and you know what? Like he needs to be more consistent with his jumper, with it with his shooting. And I think the NBA sh- like. The so coaches who, in the NBA can definitely clean that up. Who's his player comp? Cam Reddish? No. <laughs> You'll like this one. Uh, my player comp for him is Jason Richardson. Okay, I actually do like that. Yeah, I do like that. If they can improve his jumper, he's definitely a he's definitely a Jason. Give Richardson. me Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Um, my number five again, one of my favorite players in this draft, Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. This dude's built like a linebacker. He's a powerful dunker. He has an NBA ready frame. He's, Tell me, I just want to know who your comp is for him, because I. Do I even? Uh, let, again, let me check because I'm like all over the place right now. Um, just like, because I, I he, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's a he's six foot seven. But you're just like like you're like player thirty four. Like player like player a, comp Ray Lewis. <laughs> no. <laughs> Justice Winslow. Okay, this is like a good and bad. Like I love Justice Winslow. Yeah, I love out. Justice Winslow. When he came out, especially, I was like, "This is the guy." Like the Heat really got their guy. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. But I mean, another one too can definitely be like a Jerry Stackhouse. Like I, I try to, I try to be like more modern with my just going by frame. Yeah, I try to be more modern with my player comps, just because like six seven two thirty. Like I'm trying to like yeah. Uh, his strength definitely driving to the basket. He's an aggressive driver. His blow by speed. He, his speed is just too much for a guy his size to handle. Yeah. Uh, a weakness is playmaking. Uh, you know, struggles to find the open man. Tries to set up uh, teammates for easy baskets. That can easily be fixed. Is he going to turn into Jason Kidd? No, but overnight? you just all no. this is just pick your head up. Yeah, just pick your head up. That, that's basically all this. So Cam Whitmore, number five on my big board. Uh, number seven, I have Jerace Walker. I like. Jerace we'll get Walker. to the top. We'll get to the top ten because 
I we're mean, at seven. Might as well just go three more. Yeah, might as well go three more. I don't. Well, we'll save it all for Tuesday. But this is just like a little preview yeah. of my first round big board. Uh, Drace Walker out of uh, Houston. I like him. I like him a lot too. I think that I can he, see him going five, like even as low as five. If I can find his freaking my scouting report on him, I don't know why like shit's like taking forever. I I Houston's a good team this year. He. Uh, Oh, no, there we go. I, I do like him. Yeah, Houston was very good this year. Um, he's a very versatile player. He can play both ends of the floor. People remember Houston during March Madness as one of the. Uh, he's a big boy too, right? Yeah. He's like six eight. Yeah, people remember Houston from March Madness as one of like the best uh, defensive teams in the country. He can hold his own against true centers in the paint. Great rim protector. Really shows up on defense. He also drives to the basket very well. He has a big frame, shields defenders. Basically, what. As all, you know, stretch bigs do. Yeah. Stretch bigs do. A, his weakness, I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but he can definitely improve on it. It's shooting. His, and it's three-point shooting. Because he's more of a, like a mid-range, his mid-range jumper's fine. You know who he reminds me of? And like. Say it. Like go back to like the 2016 like Atlanta Hawks like give me like a Paul like a Paul Millsap kind of that's what you have Paul Millsap if he improves just if he improves his three point if he improves his three point shooting I have I have a Paul Millsap just like not that big yeah like got do you know who he also reminds me of a little bit Zach Randolph John Collins okay very athletic guy I can see that he can kind Zach Randolph was a stretch but (laughs) Zach Randolph was a big stretch but I really I really like Paul Mill. I really love the Paul Millsap comparison here. All right, next up, my number eight. Uh, no doubt in my mind, honestly, I think this kid is the best point guard, in, or one of, well, behind Scoot, the second best point guard in the draft. It's Anthony Black out of Arkansas. He's a six foot seven point guard. He's a great athlete. He can, he finds the open man. I th- teams are gonna bend over backwards for him. See, like. Like a Lamelo Ball type guy. Yeah, kinda. Uh, actually, my comparison for him is Josh Giddy. Great ball handler, great passer. He <laughs> was a great facilitator for the offense. Do you remember Josh Giddy's scouting report? It was like his weakness, like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Love for the game. <laughs> it was just like, what's his weakness? Like Love for the game, basketball. Um, yeah, but I think that he's a phenomenal athlete, great shooter. He had, you know, Arkansas really had some like tough stretches during the year, but they were able to, you know. Bounced back in March, went to the second weekend, but my weakness for him, I would say again, he has to develop some muscle. The guy is six foot seven, one eighty five. He's a skinny little kid. He actually looks like a twig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks I, like I, Evan Mobley in high school. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd really like if he just develops some strength over the years. I think he'll be okay. He's nineteen, so yeah, yeah. he's nineteen. Next one, another point guard that I really like. Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Uh six foot six, two fifteen, almost kinda like Josh Giddy. I, I I don't think A lot of Josh Giddies in this draft. <laughs> a lot of Josh Giddies in this draft, but I think he's Josh Giddy without without defense. He's great as a facilitator, runs the offense very well, also plays some defense very well. He's also he's almost like your glue guy. I struggle to find a comparison for him, in all honesty. Like I really like six six, two fifteen, glue guy. Yeah. Good looking jumper. Struggles to hit the three. He doesn't really shoot the free throw well. He needs to grow that when he comes into the league. But I do think like a young he, Jimmy Butler. 
Okay. Yeah, I see it. I see it because then you can put him at the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see it. I, yeah, I, like I a younger see, Jimmy Butler. I can see it. Last but not least, he, this guy, if you watch his highlights, this is my most underrated player in this draft. And there is, honestly, I, I love it. I love this guy. Out of Duke. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Now, I don't know much about this I kid. I consider myself a college basketball guru. I was not sprinting to my television to watch uh, Central Florida basketball. Yeah, neither was I. That's why I don't know much about this kid. <laughs> the, the only reason why nobody knew about this guy was because of how... Because Houston was dominating in their conference. Same thing with Memphis. And UCF just wasn't that good. Tim, watch his highlights. I will after this. No, like right now. <laughs> I'll watch him after. There's like a 30-second snippet of him just like just fucking... Like, this guy's insane. Great size. Great length. Great... He's He's mobile. He can shoot the three well. Six foot nine, strong frame. He's just an all-around athlete, and he can guard the three, four, and five. So he's like a sick defensive guy, too? Insane. This guy has insane hops. This guy's – my comparison for him was really a better Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I can see that. I'm trying trying to think of another guy I could like three and D, guard one through – I, I, this guy's insane. Maybe like Richard Jefferson. <laughs> Another one I thought of, like for the big basketball fans, Antoine Jameson. Cavs a legend right there. Nick, uh, no, uh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Al Harrington. Never mind. Um, yeah, I really like Taylor Hendricks. I think a team is gonna fucking hey do this wonders. Might be, this might be one him. of those drafts you look back on. You're like, wow. Yeah, it, you, it could be. It could be. All right, too much of the NBA draft. Uh, moving on to the NHL. Uh, Vegas Stanley Cup champions nine to three. Like what? Yeah, like that was insane. That was not even a game. Marcheseau wins a con Smythe. Yeah, a lot of injuries came out on Florida side. I know. A couple torn labrums. Ekblad. Ekblad had like four different injuries: broken foot, broken like, foot, dislocated was, shoulder. It's like torn. It was fucking. A, it was like a torn labrum. Oh, was a torn labrum? I think. Yeah. And then they had Kachuk had like a broken sternum yeah. that he sat out of the game with. Said it was so bad he couldn't even play. Yeah, Bra- it, it, it was like a rumor that like Brady had to like fucking like. Literally carry him out of bed yeah. after a pregame nap or some shit. Yeah, like, so ridiculous. Yeah, Raquel Gudis had like it. two. Like I think Raquel Gudis, both of his ankles had. He had both high ankle sprains yeah, on two ankles. That's just fucking insane. But the that's guys, like, the guy that broke his foot in the Boston series. That's what I'm saying. In the, the Boston series, the guys with broken foot in April. You don't understand how stiff if you don't play hockey. How stiff a hockey boot is. Like getting your foot into it is not a like not a pleasurable thing at all. And then when you play, it has to be tight. Like you can't have loose skates. If you yeah. lose skates, you gotta break your ankle. They have to be tight. So you, you have to imagine a guy with a broken foot stand and or someone else pulling that. That's insane. Oh, my God. So they either had a day that had, had to numb up his foot so badly that he couldn't feel anything or that he was just Jesus sitting there with Christ. a towel in his mouth and they were just pulling on it. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. So congrats to the Golden Knights. Stanley Not Cup really champion. shocked. Very Mark- underwhelming. Yeah, March still won the Con Smythe. I mean, I knew it was going to be underwhelming going into it. I uh, said Jack, it. Jack Eichel has more Stanley Cups than Connor McDavid. Yeah, let's, uh, the American boy, huh? Let, let, yeah, let's start that now. The American boy, huh? Is he, is he, is he the, is this the your golden your king? <laughs> <laughs> this is your king, Canada? That's our guy right Take there. Take that. Um, in other hockey news, I forgot to mention this in the intro. Uh, it's official. Peter Laviolette is the uh, new head coach. I really like it. I know. I, I know a couple Rangers fans who are upset with it. I think the Rangers fans who are upset with it don't understand what he brings to the table for a young team. Um, you know, you could look at the the flyer when he's in the locker room screaming at him. The couple things he's he's a rowdy guy. 
I like I like the signing. I, I'm oh, not a, I'm not a Ranger fan at all, but as a hockey fan and someone who understands the game, I, I think this this is the right move for them. Oh yeah. Oh, I just got a very wholesome text. We're gonna we might be running back, uh, like my, the cousins around like my age. We're gonna we all used to stay over at my grandparents, and now we're all gonna do that as like. <laughs> 18 or 20 somethings oh so you're just gonna get shit faced yeah yeah okay (laughs) yeah i got it so yes we got that we got that very uh wholesome text but um Um, anyway congrats to vegas yes congrats to vegas i need i want to talk laviolette because there was a lot of uh things that came out of uh rangers camp where basically they're basically hiring laviolette as like yeah he's like gallant but like he because a lot of things came out where like you know, Gallant wasn't really much of a, like, he wasn't a player's coach. And no. not meaning like, like, not meaning like he was like an asshole or anything. I mean, look at him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at him. But he didn't really, like, take the time to know his player. It was more of a business. There was re- no connection. Yeah, it was more of a business relationship. And you know what? But like, that but that works. That works as a head coach if you're, if you're a team with vets. Because those yeah. guys are all business. The 30, the 30, you know, the guys who've been there, done it at 28 to, like, 30, 40-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. But if you've got a young team... Yeah, but I think that, you know, it was more of like, you know, show up to practice, see you at the game, there it is. Like, that. that's really that's really all it was there. And then, you know, the confidence of Lafreniere and Kako kind of, you know, shut them down. Because at the end yeah. of the day, like, that's that's your – that th- those are your franchise cornerstones, like, right now. That's the future you're building through. Like, yeah. they're eventually going to be first-line guys. Uh, who knows if they're still going to be with the team, but – well, we know Hedl is. They just extended him for four years. But with Lafreniere and Kako, all that. Then, I mean, it comes down to a coaching thing, too, because Listen. when they were up 2-0, the Devils, they made they were able to make the adjustments. They were able to make these adjustments and play very – and win, and win yeah. the series, basically. Gallant didn't make those adjustments. Yeah. Gallant's adjustments were just like, hey, let's just tweak the lines a little bit, see what happens. And, but here, you know, here's the thing, because – for coaches like that, you could you could look back at those you know those Stanley Cup winning teams at Pittsburgh, where as a head coach, you know you you don't have to do as much, you don't have to connect players because you got leaders on t- three three different leaders. You got Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. They're yeah. going to keep the team in check, and they're going to you know they're the head of the ship, right? Yeah, they're going to run it. The Rangers aren't that kind of team, you know. They're they're a team full of young, skilled guys. They have their their veteran leaders, but. They're not a deep veteran presence team, and I'm sure these young guys will translate better to, you know, a head coach that is, you know, a head coach, like someone yeah, that's exactly, going to be friends exactly. with you and, and let, you yeah. know, get a personal side and, and understand your game and, and help you develop instead of being like, hey, you know what, you have to fix this. You're going to get punished if you don't. Yeah. So we'll see. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Ranger fans. I'm, exci- I'm excited for this hire. It's a new chapter. And, like, I, I'm going to go into it with an open mind because, you know, I know how, like, the track record with Laviolette is, but... You got to give it the first the first ten... I would say the first eight to ten games. Okay. A little bit of a... You'll, you'll get it in the spring... In, in, you know, spring training, but you'll get it in the preseason games. But those first eight to ten, after, like, the first three, you'll start to understand, like, this is his coaching style, you know, he'll okay. start to pick up things. Okay. But if it gets... And I mean, hey, he took three of the four... Or no, he coached the Islanders, right? Laviolette? Yeah. Maybe a long time ago. Think, didn't he coach it like for like a year, maybe? Yeah, it could have been forever okay. ago. Maybe it when like Milbury three, was there. It took like three of the five teams that he's coached to the Stanley Cup. No, and he's a he's a he's a great head he's coach. He's a good coach. So Hurricanes, which he won with back in 06, then went with the Flyers in 2010, 
and then he was with Nashville when yeah. they played uh, Pittsburgh. So, so, and then I mean the one with Nashville, he ran into Sidney Crosby, and he and Evgeny Malkin. But with that Philadelphia, he ran into Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Right, and the, again, those are two teams, veteranly veteran presence guys, guys like Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, yeah. Patrick Sharp, Duncan Keith, guys that you, as a head coach, you know, you don't really. I'm not really need to do anything. I got four guys here that the team already respects. You know, they they got up and down the line. They're like they're better than me, so I'm just gonna listen to them. Yeah. And uh, Rangers got a lot of high picks. Who? And I'm not saying that's an ego thing. And I'm not. I'm not six. I don't know. But they got a lot of guys who probably think, listen, I was a number one, number two overall pick. Like I deserve to be here. Like I'm not gonna listen to you. Like I'm just as good as you. I'll listen to the head coach, and and you're getting a head coach now that'll probably do that. So. Congrats to Ranger fans. Wow. What happened? This is not good. Um, Conor McGregor has been accused of viol- violently assaulting a woman inside of a men's bathroom at game four of the Miami ga- of the NBA Finals. You know what? Him and Trevor Bauer are just certified I've douchebags. I've seen uh, uh, that fight with Michael Chandler's coming up in September. I, I think I said this last time, but I don't know. Ever since that fight has been announced, I have seen Conor McGregor everywhere, except the gym. Yeah, he hasn't really been training or anything. He's been just out and about. I listen. I his. Let's be honest. His time's over. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Just stop being a douchebag. Like I, this isn't even about the sport anymore. How many accusations? How many people can you beat? Like, what are you so know, angry about? Exactly. Again, with Trevor Bauer too. He's going to court. He's countersuing for the fourth person to accuse him of sexual assault. That's also insane. Like. <laughs> Like, what? Four? Like, dude. I don't know. I don't understand either. Okay. Um, moving on to the MLB, the Subway Series. We have a split. Yeah, so game one was just a roller coaster of emotions from the get-go. Here they come. Um, go off a rip. I mean... All right, game one. You know, you go to... I mean, it's clear that Luis Severino has lost his fastball. There is no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, and Max Scherzer has too. Uh, well, yeah. But I'm just speaking from a Yankees from the Yankee point of view, from a Yankee fan point of view here, the lineup they're putting out right now is not good. Like it's not, it's not good at all. On both sides. <laughs> On both sides too. And like I think, and like I'll talk about Lemayhu because, you know, you know he went yard, but God. I know he went yard, but God, he's been so terrible. And it's honestly, it's because he's been moving down in the order. He's been swinging and missing a lot lately, and I honestly think it's because he's hitting. Because, you know, he used to be the leadoff guy. So when he would hit, he would just be like, hey, let me just get on base. And he wasn't, like, really hitting for power. He was just fucking hitting the ball. Now he's hitting, like, fifth or sometimes even cleanup. His realization here is like, okay, I need to drive these fucking runs in. And you know what? That And I've played with a couple guys, you know, playing high baseball my whole life. It's it's a mental thing, you know? Like, you get get moved from your spot in the order. And I'm – I wouldn't say it really happened to me, but I've seen – Couple people go from like, I mean, I've been dropped from like three to seven before. It's, everyone has, but I my approach has never changed. Like I've seen guys get dropped from like, like batting first to now batting double leadoff at nine, yeah. and you they just can't do it. Like they're so mentally beat up about it. And, I just you know what? And it it is base. It's a fucking it's a fucking ego thing sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's like it's it, like it, why it can, am I not batting it can up be there? An, an ego thing, but I really. Now, as LeMay, he was bad. He had a decent series. He had a double last night, yeah, clutch he double. Homered, but uh, just going back to game one, I mean, good comeback from the Yankees. I mean, 
Well, the start was the start was abysmal. I mean, well, the start was Stanton goes yard. Stanton went yard, but then Nimmo goes yard. Nimmo went yard. So I mean, this was this was a good. It was a good win to build off of. I think you know Volpe really he played well. I mean, God, does he stink? It, it, it got close. Aaron Boone keeping Severino in the face Guillaume was when he had like 104 pitches when we had an off day the day before. That did not make sense to me. I don't in the know. slightest, I did not like that one bit. He didn't want to touch the pen. We got the win. We got the win. I'll take that. Game two, on the other hand, I'll say it. It was a good outing from Verlander. It, it was, was a good uh, outing for both. It was a good outing for both. Cole pitched pitch very well, too. He gave, I liked how, you know, he gave up that one run in the uh, fifth or fourth, something fifth like that. Fifth or fourth inning, something like that. And uh, we were able to answer right back, tie the game. Like, that That, that was a good sign for me. But both are one earned run. I mean, this is what you're paying both these guys to do. Yeah. So, I... They look pretty good, but... The thing that I don't understand it... Oh, well, well, well again, the IKF stealing of home. That was awesome. I, Jesus I, Christ. I, I, Can it's, I just... It's, it's going to be overshadowed because the Mets ended up winning the game. Dude, but, I'm just, like dumbfounded by the lack of communication from not only the pitching and catching but the base running yeah the base running was like really i bad. just dude i don't understand like they are these, these guys a lot of these guys they played multiple years together they, they played a whole season together last year pretty yeah, much all of them basically you're bringing back that same lineup what what is wrong with them right now like meant like they're just checked out i don't understand yeah it's i don't know it's it's really it's definitely something uh it's a monitor because you know the nl is there's a lot of teams that are doing better. Yeah, I know. And you got when you got a seasoned vet like Nimmo, who's I know a historic not good base runner, but in a situation where you have a pitcher on the mound who's struggling, you just get him to a three one count. You you tie the game up. You see, there's a guy stopping at third. You don't pick your head up. Don't know why. You well, see, Mark Vientos is in front of you. Know who's in front of you? Yeah, know who's in front know who's in front of you. Yeah, that. Did you did you think he was safe? No. Okay, so, all right. I, <laughs> it wasn't I, even close. I, his hand wasn't. His hand, and the people are going to say his hand was it was a tie. His hand wasn't even. It wasn't even like fully on it. Yeah. Not even like no, not yeah. not that it wasn't fully. His hands in the air. Yeah. And he gets tagged. Okay. So I. Um. Yeah. So the the steal home was nice, but it's overshadowed because the Mets ended up winning the game. Brandon Nemo. Here's what up. I don't understand. You have an. I mean, like, and Tim, you played baseball in high school, so I I can. So you're my you're my like source of information here. You have an off day tomorrow. Why don't you go to guys like King, who was who pitched only like he only had like eight pitches or something in the ninth inning? It's dude. Like I get I get Clay. Clay pitched like I think he had like fifteen pitches in the eighth inning or something like that. Yeah. So like I mean, Clay understand Wandy. Eh. I I don't get it. I mean, if if I'm going out there, I'm throwing. like when you have like I understand if like we have like a, you're traveling the same night, you're going. Yeah, across no, the, I I do get that. Off, they're off today. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. They're off today, and then they play the Red Sox. Then they play the Red Sox. Do they play them at home? No, it's in Boston. That might be a reason why they saved them. I but you have day off again, so there's no again. You don't need to really save anyone. Um, it could come down to injury history. And th- but Boone said that they weren't available, but they're all healthy. See, then, so that's just Aaron Boone being, like... Being an idiot? An idiot. Okay, all right. Because, yeah. as just like an, uh, just from a pure baseball perspective, like, you, you give a guy a day off, it, a guy, a, a relief pitcher who threw 
10 pitches. Yeah. Not even. And their max is probably, what, like 25, you would say, maybe? Mike King. Uh, well, because Holmes, I understand why he didn't pitch. He, that was a long eighth inning. He got into a bases loaded jam. No, yeah. Lador was fouling off a shit ton of pitches. Um, but, or no, he didn't have to. Or no. Uh, he was in with two runners on and one out. He came he in. Had, he only faced two batters. But he, he oh, did. He only faced two batters? He okay. threw. No, did he pitch the ninth? I No, he didn't pitch the ninth. King pitched the ninth. I don't know. He only threw like 15 pitches. Yeah. I don't know why you don't go back to <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's just like a matter of... Maybe maybe it's their personal preference. They don't like pitching in back-to-back days. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I There's really a lot don't. more that goes into it. Than on <gasps> Word! Surface, but... Let's go! What's up? Maeve got back in the Instagram. Oh. Woo! Let's go! <laughs> We're back! Nice. For those who don't know, and for, for those who don't know, our Instagram got uh, locked out. <laughs> because... So... <laughs> We're back. We're back in. We are back in. So thank you, God. Um, but yeah, good split. I liked Beatty this series. Thought he had a good first game. Yeah, Beatty game played pretty well. Um, Tommy Pham had a great second game, especially for a guy who I was preaching that shouldn't even play going into game Something two. Something that I did notice that kind of uh, concerned me a little bit was during the off day, Anthony Volpe went uh, went out to dinner with uh, Austin Wells, who is the number one catching prospect, catcher prospect for the Yankees. And Austin Wells was able to fix his swing. Not, uh, you know, not, you know, the manager or the hitting coach. No, they, Austin Wells was able to fix his swing in an an Italian restaurant while they went on a chicken parm date. So, you know, sometimes though, it is, it is just your buddy being like, hey, dude, like, you do this. Trust me, I get that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. I remember Little League. I mean. I remember Little League. Peter. Peter was like. Peter was like my hitting coach, and he was like, "Tell me, like, you're doing this, you gotta do this." And then I remember, like, the next at bat, we were playing against each other, I think, and I like roped a double, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I remember you could ask, I mean, Ryan Donahue, shout out to him, lives down the street. In high school, he would always ask me and Aiden, be like, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I keep, why do I keep popping the ball? And I'm like, dude, all your weight transfers on your front foot. Like, you gotta, you gotta leave some back and stay reserved. Next at bat, I'm like, stay back, wait back, and just." Line instead of going forward and popping it up, just wait back and hit a line drive. Boom, line drive with the middle. He finished the game like two for three. He was on a hot streak after. People fucking always ask me, like, if you, like, kept on playing sports, like, what sport would you play? And I played basketball. I stopped playing baseball in sixth grade. I stopped playing basketball during my sophomore year of high school. I would kill to be a full-time baseball player. Back in the diamond? Oh, my God. Third base was my was my domain. The hot corner? I hated playing third base. I loved playing because third. Because our varsity field was there. Oh. So there's a lip at third, <laughs> and uh, they would be like, hey, like go get some reps at third. I'd be like, no, like I don't want to take one off the mouth. So I would like go to third base, and I would just be like, play really, really far back. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm not. They'd be like, move up in the grass. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, it's just, it's practice. Like, I'm not Bad eating ball. one off the mouth. Yeah, not right eating now. one off the mouth. Like, I don't care. Sure. I play short. Like, I'm yeah. not. I was don't a, lip at yeah. short. I was a third base, first base guy. I remember uh, in AAA. Uh, I was drafted to Jack Scanlon's team. Shout out Jack Scanlon. This is like your second one of the day. Um, they did not have much height on the team. And you know me in fifth grade where I yeah. was just like the tallest kid. Yeah. Uh, they moved me to first. I love, I love playing third, but just, just the aesthetically pleasing idea of the ball hitting, the, hitting your first baseman's mitt is... I don't know. No, no, I used to. I, I used I, to. Stan, I, I used to. Stan, I used to play first base. I know you did. And you know what? And 
I might be one of the only few baseball players that past their 15 U season played every single position. Um, not a lot of people do that. Like, and I'm not saying like I was good at every single position, Stab, but I'm yeah. saying I'm saying they would just put me at every single position. Just I don't know, maybe, maybe bat wise or whatever. But dude, the best positions I've, the most fun I've ever had playing baseball, legitimately. And this is I could stand by this. Other than playing, obviously Babe Ruth was an absolute clown show. Ritkin. Uh, no, you you go back to like I don't want to say JV baseball second uh, year uh, or modified baseball second year. We had an outfield of me in right, okay. Aiden O'Connor in center, okay. Jack Scanlon in left. Oh, dream and, team. And I have never had more fun than it playing in the outfield. I I remember I went to one of the games and I was like chilling in the outfield. I was just like sitting like center field. I yeah. think I I think Jack gave me a warm up ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! I just remember that that sec- that modif- someone gave me a warm up ball. I forget. I think it was Jack that gave me a warm up. Our ball. eighth grade year. So this was our. We gotta we gotta hurry this up. Or not not no, hurry this up, but, but just I'm just saying, just our eighth grade year. We I was one of the like I could not. I've never played outfield in my life, like never. And so they threw me in right field. They were like, "Well, you can hit, so we'll put you in right." Like ball usually doesn't come to right field. Like if it does, just stay in front of it. Like I'm not stupid. I could track a fly. But I was, and you know this. Like when I was in eighth grade, yeah. I, I was the slowest motherfucker. Yes, you were. On uh, the you were a slow individual. I couldn't move. <laughs> and um. Not saying I was the no, fastest but I was either. I was slower. Than, I was the, the the slowest kid, and so um, someone hit a fly ball over my head and right stand, yeah, straight over my head, and I had no clue where the ball was. Like I'm so slow, I couldn't even. So I just turned my head and started running on an angle because I thought it went like to like kind of right center. Yeah, yeah, it was down the line. I kid you not, Aiden O'Connor from we were shifting over yeah. from left center beat me from left center. Oh my god! And I started at right center. To a ball in the corner of the outfield. Oh it was the most God. pathetic thing ever. Like that's, that's it was a like thirty foot run for me, like a sixty five for him. Jesus. And he Christ. just got the ball. Yeah, uh, not so. much to recap from like the rest of the league. Just because I mean we recapped the whole thing. Yeah, it's not really I mean it was like two nothing, games. No, nothing's really changed much. Yeah. Uh so moving on. Uh the US Open uh started to starts today, uh it at the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh this place is the fescues are just that is whole, it, the balls just disappear. Yeah, this place is insane. And as the, of right now, the greens run. It's a, it's a very <laughs> tough course. As of right now, my picks of uh, Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler are not doing so great. Scheffler is one over through seven. It's day one though. I know it's day one, and Victor Hovland. This is, isn't even the, this is the cut, isn't it? Hovland's two over through six. This is just for the cut, isn't it? Yeah, right now. Yeah, so we don't really worry about it. And I, I know, but you know. Uh, as of right now, we have a uh, four-way tie for first, All-Americans, uh, Jacob Solomon, uh, Dylan Wu, uh, Ricky Fowler, and uh, Xander Shoffley. I'm willing to bet money that maybe two of those guys stay. I think Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley. That's as hard as I was going to say. Maybe exactly. those two guys stay. Um, yeah, but this is going to be it's, uh, some uh, notables right now. John Rahm, one under, tied for ninth. Uh, Max Homa, also one under, tied for ninth. Do you think ninth. John Rahm's the best putter in the tour? It's such a tough question because I was asked this too. Who do you think it is? I think it's Rom, but okay. Uh, I don't really know golf that much to like know like okay, this guy is good at putting. Guys like, that are th- sick at putting, Rom yeah. is definitely up there. Rom's definitely. Up. I know who's not good at putting. That, uh, me. No, Will's <laughs> outdoors. I know, but he's out. For, he's out for the year. But me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they call me Timmy Three Putt. <laughs> so we'll give our U.S. Open recap on uh, 
for Tuesday's episode. Oh, breaking news. Hearing that New Jersey and Yes for Brad are closing on an eight-year uh, extension with a 7.87, 7.875 mil AAV. If you do the math, just and it, do the math, it's just under 63. Who tweeted that? Friedman? Elliot Freeman. If you do actually if you do the math straight up, it's sixty three mil, Jasper Bratt's number. So, congratulations! Yep. That is a steal. To be honest with you, young guy, Fuck gonna that. get better. Fuck them. Yeah, well, I didn't really like the. Do team. they still have a year of control of Timo Meyer? No. Okay. UFA. They're working on a deal with him now, which is why they moved Damon Severson. Ah, uh, that's why. Okay. Um, because there's and you know what? Oh. Just real quick in hockey. The Devils, as much as I hate them and you hate them, yeah, they can move as many defensemen as they want. So if they have Simon Nemec coming up, Luke Hughes is going to start this year. I want to like Jack Hughes so bad. Like I, I like, I want to like him. He's like, the American. All right, when American. the Oli- when the Olympics are like U.S. hockey happens, then I'll be like, that's my fucking guy. No, but they aren't allowing NHL players in the Olympics anymore. Well, no, they have uh, they have like the double IHF, and then they were, they were talking about bringing back. Remember the uh, World uh, Championship Hockey where they had Team North America and Team Europe yes, and stuff like that. And it was in NHL like sixteen or seventeen, whatever. They were talking about bringing that back, but with no. Te- I didn't like the thing they with said. No, no Team North America. So USA and Canada. USA, Canada, Europe would be a team still. Russia Wait, would be a team. So they combined, they combined the U.S. and Canada as one team. No, no. So they did is it was you Team North America was twenty three and under. Okay. The best, like the best twenty three under. Twenty three under from North America was just Team North America. So the team, if you look back in the year, was McDavid, McDavid was McDavid, Matthews, Larkin, Eichel. <laughs> um, goaltending was like ridiculous. It was like Matt, Mur- like the team was sick. You could, like Johnny Gaudreau was on the third line. Did they not? Did they win? No. Who they? Who, who, they lost a team Europe. Europe. Oh. Team Europe was so team it's Europe loaded too. You would think, right? It wasn't. It was like all the teams that was all the European teams that didn't have. So like it wasn't Sweden. It wasn't Russia. It wasn't like none of those guys Finland. were on it. Yeah, Finland had their own team. It was teams that weren't. So it was like the Slovenians, the Slovakians, so okay, like the Swiss so. teams. Yeah, their best player was probably Anze Kopitar. Oh my god! And they went to the final. Wow. Right. I think they won. But. What was it called? Like the World Cup of Hockey or whatever? Yeah. So I was hearing they might bring that back in 24-25. So if that happens... 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Is this Canada? Oh, Canada beat Europe? Look at... Well, Canada was loaded. I mean, that's when Crosby was still... Oh, okay. Oh, that meant... Okay. So they had... Team Canada was 24 and over. They had a USA team 24 and over. And then Team North but America. But North America was... 24 and under. 20. Look at that roster. Just read it off real quick. Like, you're going to look at it and be like, are you kidding me? I know. Like, if that was a team now, that would just be like the... Just says jerseys. doesn't say anything about rosters. Oh. oh, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Got it. Uh, Who do you want me to look at here? Canada? Dude, no. Look at Team North America. North America. Let's see. Um, Group B was probably North America. Um, Here we go. John Gibson, Connor Hellebuck, Matt Murray, Aaron Ekblad, uh, Shane Gottespierre, Seth Jones, Ryan Murray... I don't know who that is. Ryan Murray? No, uh, Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko? Colton Pareko. Yeah, he's never, on the Blues. Never Defenseman. heard of him. Really heard good. Of him. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Uh, really Jacob Truba. Another good defense. Sean Couturier. Another good player. Jonathan Druin. Like, I don't know who that is. Jonathan Druin? Uh, I don't know if he's still in Montreal, but he's good. Uh, he's he's with, with the Lightning. Lightning, yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah. Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon Austin was Ma- on the second line. Austin Matthews. Connor McDavid. JT Miller. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Brandon Sad. Mark Shifley, Vincent Trocheck. They had a power play at one point where they had McDavid, Eichel, Matthews, and McKinnon on the ice. Jesus Christ. All right. 
Uh, moving on, we are now going to... Is it the redraft? No. Football. Oh. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. So if people don't know, Stefan Diggs is unhappy with the management. This is almost the same thing he did in Minnesota. And coaching, yeah. He's unhappy with Josh Allen right now. Yeah, um, I'd be too. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, he's unhappy with the amount of picks and and, the, and you know his mentality in the playoffs, whatever that they've been underperforming. This is the same thing he literally did in Minnesota, so I'm not surprised. He's doing I'm not shocked either, but he is so integral to that but team. I will welcome. I'm just gonna say, um, this wasn't happening when uh, Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. So. And then, well, it could have been brewing up from a while. I mean, this is like the third. Well, they've underperformed. That, that team went to two straight AFC champion or no? They no, nah, they lost before that. They, they lost. lost in the AFC championship game in 2020, they, and the year after they didn't even make it. No, or was it? Okay, the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they went to the AFC championship and lost the Chiefs. game and lost to the Chiefs. Yeah, then they ran into the Chiefs again in the divisional and didn't win. Then the Bengals played them, right? Oh no, Bengals. What am I saying? No, keep going. <laughs> okay, lost to the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. 2020 season, but 2021. Yeah. 2022 in January, they had that crazy-ass divisional game. 13 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. Dable leaves. Coaches the Giants. At home. You lose at home to the Bengals in the snow. All right. No, I get it. Against, I mean, I trust me, don't get me wrong, the Bengals are good, but like... I, I get it. I understand why he's frustrated. You just signed a four-year extension. Yeah. Uh, digs for Barkley. Swat. No draft picks. Just he, swat. He is so integral. That they need a run game. They need, need a receiver. Without <laughs> him, Gabe Davis is their number one. Like They need a run game. <laughs> we need a receiver. This, so, is, this is a great swat. Hypothetically. Now, I'm just saying this hypothetically. Yes. Say Stefan Diggs is upset. Whatever. They somehow leave. Leaves. If D-Hop comes in and replaces them, do they skip a beat? Or are they... Yes, they skip a beat. Like a heavy beat? Yes, because D-Hop is not a number one receiver. Let's just talk about D-Hop right now. Uh, D-Hop is visiting with the Patriots today. Um, I saw the stat, too, which is wild. The Patriots are only returning three receivers that caught a pass from Mac Jones last year. And let's just say that they aren't what like... What Zappy? <laughs> yeah, Zappy. Zappy hour. Are <laughs> so you going to start this year? No, he's not. I mean, like, I'm all for Mac Jones, but, like, uh, I'm not really that much. Dude, after that, I mean... They made, I don't think D-Hop really changes much. They made the playoffs, and now I'm just like, ah. Uh, yeah. It's I, Mac Jones. I don't, I don't think... They also got Juju Smith-Schuster, too. So, and we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster as a number two receiver. He's much better than being a number one. Much better than being a number one. So, definitely something to look out for. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Saquon, on the other hand, uh, I think he told the media that... July 27th, he said, that'll be, like, the deadline for him to strongly consider opting out and just, like, sitting out the year. He did to himself. That's all I'm going to say. He did to himself. I think he is the worst representation on the planet. I think they offered him great money for a running back, and he didn't take it, and then <laughs> all these fucking running backs are, like, <clears throat> making a shit ton of money, and... It's no, I don't. I don't, I don't like know. It. Where do you think Dalvin Cook ends up? Where do you think Zeke ends up? Dalvin... I think Zeke to the Jets would be so perfect. <laughs> that would be good. That's a really good third. Like, he wouldn't be the featured back. Obviously, Power back. Guys, yeah, he'd be like the third down. He'd be the best. That would be. He'd be the short game. Back. And especially if Brees Hall coming out, after, you know, coming out after the torn ACL. 
it takes a little while to come back, that would be the perfect guy. Even if you were like, listen, like we're gonna Brees is gonna integrate him in week one. I'll let Bam Knight in, and Zeke take some reps. I just think Zeke is a cheap option. Yeah, they a, could bring in. And they can sign him for really cheap. And I think Dalvin Cook goes to Miami. I think Dalvin Cook is looking for like a three-year deal. And yeah, well, the, he's still worth that. He's rushed for a thousand. But like, here's the thing: Jets aren't going to give him that. I know the Jets aren't going to give him that. But here's the thing: Are is he is like a th- like it's almost like baseball now. If Saquon leaves, is no, Dalvin is Dalvin a good replacement? Who knows? But here's here's my here's my uh, stance on this. It's almost like baseball. Like how people just don't value batting average anymore, which does not make any sense to me. I, I know, but look at look at the Marlins. Look at Luis Rice. Um, <laughs> are people just not valuing like rushing yards anymore, or is it like that's I, what I'm like trying to like I understand th- here? My like, here's what I think. I think right now in recent years, you've seen every team that's won the Super Bowl has had not like an excellent run game. Like that was they didn't have like yeah. a feature back. They had a guy who would. Like, you know what? Like, he's a good running back. Like, he's decent. Like, you know, he's not, like, anything special. And I think Joe Mixon's been the best running back since won the Super Bowl since... He hasn't won a Super Bowl, Joe Mixon. Oh, the Bengals didn't win, right? Yeah. yeah what am I saying? Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, I'm, like, all over the place right now. Yeah, even Joe Mixon. That's exactly Dave what I'm O'Connor has turned off his Xbox. I know. <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> but, uh... Like yeah, I mean I I don't know that I it's just you don't really see teams Sorry, <laughs> you, you don't really see teams with a run first game like be successful in the playoffs and I think team I think management and organizations are looking at why pay a guy if it's not going to work out. Yeah, Dalvin Cook right now and not Dalvin Cook I'm sorry Derek Henry is probably the only think of any team that has a run. Jonathan first. Taylor. They're not good. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I think I can't think of a really good team that has like, like that has like an elite running back. That yeah. is just that's their that's their game. We're gonna give him forty touches a game and like let yeah. him roll. Uh, I, I can't think of a team right now yeah. who's doing that. So we'll see what happens. I can't wait for football. Uh, so are we gonna do redraft or what I saw? Uh, we can do redraft first and finish All what right. I saw. Uh, two thousand eight NHL redraft. Uh, we said uh, during this that there is a clear one one, and yes, we'll get to him in a bit. Uh, I'm going to start it off. My number 10. This is going to be self-torture. I'm going to go with Adam Henrique. Uh, Adam Henrique uh, scored uh, an overtime game winner in Game 6 of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals against the Rangers. Shout out, Back when he was with the Devils. And it broke me. Just like all the other uh, things that broke me. Uh, Tim, you're number 10. Uh, I went with a hometown favorite. Give me Josh Bailey. 1,000 games in the NHL. My number 9 was Josh Bailey. So. Hey! You know what, Stan? I like that. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. Okay. I appreciate that. Thousand thousand games of one team. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of guys do that. Yeah. It's a little undervalued stat wise. Yeah. Went uh, to an all star game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my uh, number nine, Jared Spurgeon, underrated defenseman, does his job really well. I, w- I really wish the Islanders had him, but uh, give me Jared Spurgeon. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number eight. We are gonna go with Jordan Eberle. You know, Stan, let's just keep it on the same train here. Um, my number eight, Jordan Eberle. <laughs> wow. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, number seven, I'm going to go with John Carlson. You know, I. that's so funny you say that. My seven's Holtby. So who's your six? Alex. I always struggle with Petrangelo. Him. Petrangelo, yes. Alex Petrangelo. So my six is John Carlson. Okay. My number five is Braden Holtby. My number five is Petrangelo. Okay. Number four... I'm gonna go with Roman Yossi. Yeah, you know I have him at four two, and this was so tough for me this this two three four, because 
I mean, yeah. I, they're all defensemen for you too, right? Yes. Okay. I didn't I didn't know where to put him based on recency bias. I've seen Yossi play at such a high level. Him, putting him at four almost seems disrespectful. Yeah. But, but the guys ahead of him. I got the guys ahead of him, yes. My number three, I'm going to go Drew Dabby. I did this. So we did the okay. same thing. I think okay. Eric Carlson... Eric Carlson deserves to be the yeah. number two. People forget that you go back a few years. We were talking about this guy, 2016, being the best player on the planet. Yes. With Sidney Crosby in his prime. Yes. So uh, people seem to forget that. People that. forget because someone bullied his wife. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he bullied his wife. Yeah, you want to get fucking... <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot That's about that. That's gets overshadowed. Ooh, was that Dion Phaneuf? His, his wife went nuts, right? It might have... It was somebody. somebody oh was my like, gosh. Like, literally, it, like... It was his wife... It was another team's wife... Like, another teammate's wife went crazy, right? So I completely forgot about this. You just unlocked a memory in my head, Stan. I completely forgot about that. And then that's why he wanted out. Oh, Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman. And that's why he wanted out, right? Uh, yes, that's why he wanted out. Wait. Oh, my Carlson God. Carlson alleged that... I don't know who Carrick is. I guess... Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is disgusting. What was it? Um. Oh. Okay. Jesus Christ. Uh... Eric Carlson has made shocking accusations that have very serious implications for her husband's teammate, Mike Hoffman. Uh, according to a stunning report from the Ottawa Citizen, Melinda Carlson has accused Hoffman's longtime girlfriend, Monica Carrick, of orchestrating a campaign of harassment against her and her husband following the death of their unborn child during the 2017-2018 NHL regular season. Dude, Mike, and you know what? Like, that's so fucked up. Okay, that's up. not bullying. That's just... It's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Mike Hoffman's been all over the place since then, too. Yeah, that is true. Um, uh, My number two is going to be Carlson, and then there's just a clear 1-1 Steven Stamkos. Stammer! Yeah, Steven Stamkos. Probably without Austin Matthews, honestly, he's of our, honestly, our generation, realistically. Yes. Childhood, greatest goal scorer. Mm-hmm. 60 there goals. Unbelievable. All right, moving on. What I saw... I'm going to start off. My uh, first what I saw, I have three. Uh, my first what I saw is uh, Netflix. Netflix has, is coming out with almost like a full swing uh, type documentary for three NFL quarterbacks. Oh, nice. So it is going to be featuring uh, shit from last season. It's going to air July 12th. Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen. Nope. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, but here's no here's uh, here's what I like. I'll explain why. I'll, I'll name the three. But then I'll explain why, like I like it so much. It's Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So the Mariota one would be interesting, just because it's three different perspectives. Of it's like... from yeah, exactly. It's from three different perspectives. So you have the elite quarterback just got the payday. He's one of one, the generational talent. Then the, you have Kirk the best Cousins. Thursday night quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> then you have Kirk Cousins, who's. Who's like you know good but not great? Like you, you get him some at they call him mediocre. You get him Sunday at one p.m. Though you're done. Yeah, you're done exactly. <laughs> but and then Marcus Mariota, who's really like I the veteran guy, who's I have no idea what he is anymore. Basically playing for his career at this point. He is just to have a job at this. Yeah. Point, basically, the crazy thing is he was my starting fantasy quarterback most of this year. Yeah, I've, I remember you telling me that. Fuck drafting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that was. Certainly something. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for this one. I can't wait to see uh, Kirk Cousins' season end against the Giants. And <laughs> I just, like, he probably doesn't care. He's probably just like... Hear his thought process of throwing like, a three-yard check down on a fourth and eight. Such a pathetic pass, but I'm... <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I'm Amazing. sure his reaction was just like, well, well, yep. I don't know. Uh, my next one I saw... I want to saw his jersey numbers. Uh, it was... 
a new addition to college basketball this year. You can now wear a jersey number with the digits 6 through 9. So it used to be 0 to 5. Now you can wear 0, zero to 9, meaning that a college basketball player somewhere out there can wear the number 69. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. Which also brings me back to a story. Uh, again, talking about middle school sports. Uh, Tim knows who this individual is, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, we had a coach uh, for 7th uh, and 8th grade basketball who was also a referee. So he would always take time for us to explain the rules of uh, the proper, the real way. <laughs> the proper way to play basketball. The proper way to play basketball. A.K.A. the white way to play basketball. <laughs> let, let, me, let me just get that out of the way. Yes. A.K.A. the white man's way to As play racist, the game. In, in like the most racist way possible, too. No, he wasn't a racist <laughs> guy. He just, you know. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. But like... He also referred to rap music as prison music. And that's where I kind of was getting my thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so maybe he is a little racist. But anyway, uh, he so he's also he's also a referee, a by-the-book referee. And he when we got our jerseys in seventh grade, he told us a story about how this horror story about how... Uh, an under, I don't know if this is in New Jersey or New York, an, un, an underprivileged school in New York was donated, like, I don't know, like, people raised, like, enough money to, to buy them jerseys and home stuff. jerseys. Yeah. Like, because they needed new home jer- jerseys or some shit like that. That's the good news of this story. The bad news of this story is that it's a New York State high school basketball rule that the home team has to wear white for their home games. Their jerseys were gray. The home jerseys were gray. So they had to take a technical foul every home game and start every game down like one or two, one nothing or two nothing. (laughs) That's so stupid. So now keep in mind, he's telling, uh, basically he went on for five minutes about the importance of having white home jerseys as we were getting our jerseys. Tim, get, uh, I, Tim, I mean, I think you know this. What did we finish that year in seventh grade? Uh, I don't think it was very good. It was zero and twelve. <laughs> it was it was zero and twelve. We were wor- he, we were not worrying about the X's and O's. We were worrying about the importance of having white home jerseys. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that's that's great head coaching for you. If yes. you just stick to the triangle offense. <laughs> the Brian. <laughs> okay, people. Don't, I think this has been talked about on this podcast before, but people need to realize this. There's a su- there was a summer league when we were younger, and basically Tim and Tim and uh, a couple people that that have been featured on this, that, that have been named on this podcast yeah. before had a summer league team. We we joined by Tim's dad and Brian. And so you gotta you gotta understand though, like <laughs> this was a team full of kids that like played a basketball or have played a basketball before, and were like clearly good at the sport. And we put ourselves in the B division. Yes. So we won every game by like sixty-five points. Yes, we, it, it was so illegal, but we did it anyway. And uh, Tim's dad, Brian, shout out Brian. Stan ran, had like twenty twenty every game. Ran the, <laughs> he ran the triangle offense. He ran the triangle offense. This is like right when like Phil Jackson got hired by the Knicks. And I'm talking. And everyone's to, like, up oh, triangle. I'm <laughs> talking to. Triangle but offense. I'm talking to a T though. I mean, like we didn't even practice it. It was just he drew it on a board. There were no practices at all. He drew like, it on a. Is... He drew it on a board, and he was like, he's like, get Stan in the high post, 
and work through him. And it worked every game. Incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Um, uh, my last one I saw. Another uh, good feel one. Um, I'm happy to announce that uh, the money that we uh, donated for uh, Mae Cunningham, uh, she has uh, returned home. She was officially discharged uh, the other day. It's great news. Phenomenal yeah. news. Outstanding news. Again. There was a big parade. Uh, not not necessarily a parade, but there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of uh, heads there at this. Uh, I would have went if I wasn't working. It yeah, it, a lot of NYPD. That was definitely shocking to me. But it's just it's good to see a community very, come together like I know. that. It was very nice, very nice uh, to have uh, May home and officially discharged. Um, I want to keep going, but I know we have to stop. <laughs> I want to keep going. I was going to make a joke, but I just... Make a, what, what joke? Well, you're like, I want to keep... <laughs> Never mind. I was like, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... <laughs> what I saw was... Oh, yeah, your one I saw. Another Shit, hard five. I saw two. Um, <laughs> Monty Williams actually came out and said he was contemplating quitting coaching. Um, they fired him? No, uh, prior to the season. Not prior to the season. Going to the playoffs. Got cancer. Yeah, his wife had breast cancer. Um, he got good news, though, and he came back. Everything was positive, so... Oh. That's why he actually took the coaching job. Oh, well, isn't like the like isn't his contract insured for his wife or something like that? Yeah, but they was they made sure like he was like it was if if he didn't get the good news back, then it was uh, it wouldn't okay. have been like I'm not okay. like he would have completely just quit the game of basketball, which Jesus I it's Christ. completely understandable. But, yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Um, and then the other one was not so heartfelt. Just Carl Anthony Towns being Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I, he said this in an interview. Um. When it's all said and done, like, people will remember me for changing the game. No, they won't. Oh, Pat? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> oh, that was ridiculous. What do you mean? What, as a 10th seed? Like, what changes have you made? <laughs> oh, my God. It, the best... I was up to, like, 2 o'clock last night, and I was just, like, on Twitter at, like, 1.30, and Ryan Marcillo tweeted, I still can't... I'm just laying in bed. I still can't believe Carl Anthony Towns said that. <laughs> like, wh- who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> You're not even a 90 in 2K. Like, what? I <laughs> changed <laughs> What did you change? Maybe worry about like not being a playing team. Amazing, amazing. God, you can't oh even lead your God. own team. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, that that was a little that was a little bit much for me. I'm crying. It was just like the most outlandish statement from a guy. Okay. If the Knicks trade for him, I. <laughs> no, that'd be a great fit for them. But I'm just no, saying. I'm just saying. Play any defense. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> he does not play a lick of defense. Is that what he changed the all. game for? Yeah, that's what he changed. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how we changed the game. Unbelievable. You know, I think it's really funny. Like, I always go back and look at this. Like, Andre Drummond putting up like the most like useless double double ever. Like, his he'll have like a double double and his plus minus will be zero. <laughs> like, it just like won't affect the game at all. Like that. Like, I remember the Cavs and I was like, dude, I love Drummond. Like, he's averaging a double double. Like, this guy's a beauty. And then you look at his plus minus like minus two. It's like, how how does how is it even possible? Like, you have ten boards, at least ten boards and ten points, and you're still negative. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. All right, let me spin this wheel. Um, oh yeah, we got to spin the wheel. Also, another what I saw for us uh, New Yorkers: Craig Carton will be leaving the fan on June thirtieth. It was a good run. It was a good run. And now it might be Turtle from Entourage. Even that's just weird, but. <laughs> All right, spin the wheel. Here we go. Oh, we got to pick a number. Do, 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 2010. 2010? I got a number in my head, Stan. Okay. Wait, hold on. 
Or is it the same like rotation of numbers from last episode? Or it's it's one through four, but it switches every time. Okay, it switches every wait, time. Wait, hold on. All right, I got it. Two. NFL 2010 oh, NFL draft. Boy. Oh yeah. I probably half these guys are like retired. Probably half these guys didn't even make it. Oh, there's a clear bust at one. Oh god. <laughs> Save it for the next one. Um. Wow. Half these guys are out of mo. No. Oh. Um. Yeah. Okay. We'll break down the draft. A half, lot of these guys are done. There's maybe like two guys half left. These guys are done right now. Okay. Uh, my cousin is calling me right now. Hang on, let me answer and just call him back. Hey, can I call you back in like five minutes? Oh, business stand. I ha I have no idea. <laughs> well, that'll about wrap it up for this episode. Be sure to follow us, <laughs> rate us on. Uh, I'd ask. Are mom aren't mom and papa there? This guy's private calls just straight up <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> literally. That will wrap it up. I was just asked a question that I don't know the answer to. Um, uh, that's going to wrap it up. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to follow us. Subscribe to our YouTubes. Like our videos on YouTube. I swear to God, th th we're, we're working. We're working on the YouTube. There's a third piece of the puzzle There's that will eventually fit in. That we just will trust eventually me. fit this trust in. Trust me. Yes, please. Please bear with us. Uh, be sure to follow us and rate us on Spotify. Five stars. Five stars only. Two more to go. Two more. It's the big one zero zero. I can't wait. Neither can I. I'm so me and Stan are going to live stream a naked mud wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh, my God. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, my God. All right. We'll see you guys. All right. We'll see you guys Tuesday. All right. Peace out.